there is no passion there is no vision there is no aggression there is no fucking mindset i love what i'm being shadyish i'm being shadyish sometimes it may be good sometimes it may be shit respect 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 welcome back to another episode of no tactics just vibes my name is cameron like always and i'm here with i'm matt how we doing Welcome back, everyone, for another big week of uh, some footy talk. But another pretty wild week in the world of sports, especially in the EPL, Serie A, our usual go-tos. First things first, you know. Just want to see how how your week's been, Matt. You know what's uh, what's horrible, exciting, man. Horrible week, horrible week. But it was, you know, it was a worse week for VAR. VAR is a disgrace. And that's gonna be the big talking point, I think, this week. If anyone's watched any EPL, we have to talk about EPL VAR, Serie A. You know, we have the line. We're not a farmers league. We know what we're doing. Um, we have to talk about VAR and EPL this week. It might have honestly changed not only Chelsea's season possibly and their fight for Europe, but also you know it could change possibly the title hunt this year. It could change Arsenal's chances at winning the uh, winning the Prem this year. So we got to talk about it, Matt. Let everyone know what's it been did. going on this weekend. Well, this weekend VAR had an absolute shambles. Shambles. First, what happened was in the Chelsea game. It took them five minutes to rule out a West Ham goal. Which was clearly offside because they had to draw. They had to draw the line. They had to make sure they drew the line. For the two Chelsea disallowed goals where they had to draw the line, it took two seconds. Two seconds. But hot, this clear one. Hot take: EPL VAR is the equivalent of using the chains in the NFL. We have the technology, <laughs> man. We have the technology. Man. It was horrible. But then the five minutes that they took to check the offside for the West Ham goal, they didn't take for the clear and obvious. Amazing save made by Thomas Suchek using his entire hand going to ground for no reason. They they looked at it for five seconds and said, nah, I'm good. They left that to go. That did, was a pen. Did they give any reason as to why it wasn't called a pen? Nope. No reason? Nope. No explanation since? No, nope, no explanation. <laughs> but they gave an explanation for the another shambles with, with the Arsenal goal, with the Brentford goal, sorry, against Arsenal, where the player who played the ball and definitely had an impact on the buildup was offside. So they came out and said afterwards about that. They said, oh, that was a human error. That was the only one they, they talked about this weekend was that <laughs> offside. They said, oh, we messed up there. So not they messed up there and cost Arsenal two points. And now City is behind them three points next game. If they win their game against Arsenal this week, they're tied up. Yeah, so just to recap for everyone who doesn't know, Chelsea finally scored their first goal since spending $500 bajillion. Still couldn't get a win, though. So that was big news out of Chelsea. We were robbed. Uh, Arsenal tied Brentford, the base club in London, 1-1. Brentford is massive, thanks to Ivan Tony, the gambling god. But it was offside. Uh, and then also, City won 3-1 against Aston Villa, and now they play Arsenal on Thursday, which, or Wednesday, sorry, which is kind of weird because it's right in the middle of Champions League, and that could honestly be the biggest game of the season right now because since Arsenal has dropped points once again... It is. You can talk about the VAR, obviously, you know, being a... A big difference maker, but if you watch that game, honestly, Brentford played with Arsenal the whole way. Arsenal did not look prompt. They didn't look like they were a dominant team in that game. Honestly, it could have gone either way. Obviously, you can make excuses for the VAR and stuff like that, but Arsenal didn't look great. That's their past two games now too, where they haven't, haven't looked. They haven't been looking good since the transfer window closed. They have not looked great, and so now Arsenal has to play City. At least Arsenal is the home team, but Arsenal is playing City. Basically, with the title on the line in this game, it could very well decide the title. I believe they still play one more time this oh, year. Yeah, one more time. So it's not definitive if it decides the title or not. But Arsenal is in terrible form right now. City got their bad form out of the way. They look to be turning things back around now. They, you know, they just put up three goals against uh, against Villa. Mahrez had a big game, goal and an assist. Uh, I believe uh, Rodri also scored a goal for them. So right now, they're in great form. Arsenal's in terrible form. And Arsenal's clinging on for dear life to this lead. They've fumbled so many points now to start back up since the transfer window and it's just it's not looking great for arsenal fans right now i know i know they're nervous of the no, week, nervous. just to scare the arsenal fans out there arsenal have kept just two clean sheets in their last 15 premier league home matches 
Erling Holland is licking his lips right now. For clarity, Chelsea, we have more clean sheets in Arsenal in our last four <laughs> games than you do in your last 15 games. So be scared. Holland is coming for you. And so, Matt, I kind of want to ask, what do you think the problem is with Arsenal right now? Is you think the offense is dried up? Is it the defense is the problem? What's going wrong with this team right I, now? It's, it's defensively. The, Gabriel and Saliba aren't the same pairing that they were at the start of the season, that's for sure. Like, they, they do have the, the ability to play the ball around like crazy, and they'll figure something out there, but... Uh, their defense is, is not as strong as what we once thought they were. And yeah, well, I saw a stat earlier. And so it says, William Saliba failed to win any of the 10 aerial duels yep. he contested against Brentford in go. the game this weekend. That's the most aerial duels my player has contested, yet won none of them the entire Premier League season this That's year. That's actually crazy because he's big. He's not he's not a small center back. He's not Lissandro Martinez where he's got to jump and make up the Yeah, height. so I don't know what's going on with wow. Arsenal on the back line right now, but it's just not looking great for them. So, I mean, it's gonna especially going against a team like City, who, you know, rested Hal in the second half against Villa. They didn't need to play him. So, honestly, if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be a little bit worried. Um, this is honestly, this is going to be, this will determine, in my opinion, if Arsenal has what it takes to win a championship or not. If you want to win the Prem, this is the kind of game you have to win. Have to win that game. Have to win this game. A tie is not good enough, in my opinion, because that leaves City three points behind you still. And all it takes is one slip up again from Arsenal against a team like Brentford, against a team like Everton, and boom, you're tied or, again. Or they play them again and exactly. they lose, right? So Arsenal needs to win this game. Honestly, this game is their their way to make a cushion between them and second place and have a solidified chance at winning the title this year. I hope Arsenal finish the season trophyless. It'll be best-case scenario where they don't win any <laughs> trophies. But speaking of teams that are clicking, you I don't think we did talk about this a little bit, but I think it's important to talk about Manchester United. United they, they're they, winning. They do nothing win again. They are winning. And they're winning without Casimiro. Rashford is putting up numbers that we haven't seen from him in years. Uh, this summer, he was supposed to be on his way out to PSG, mm -hmm. basically on a free, like for nothing. And then all of a sudden, Ten Hag comes in and Rashford starts balling out. I'm worried because I don't like United just as much as I hate Arsenal, <laughs> but they're, they're, uh, they're creeping up. If City hadn't won today, just for a stat, they would have been second place in the league. And so, Matt, I want to ask, do you think that Rashford's resurgence this year has been because, you know, just his motivation is a contract year, he wants to make all that money? Or do you think it's Ten Hag and the systems he's putting him in to make him play both. so well? It's got to be both because where's Rashford been for the past two seasons under Ole and the uh, the temporary manager, I don't even remember his name, Ralph Ragnick. Where was he? Rashford was invisible. People were calling him Trashford again. <laughs> and then all of a sudden this season you start seeing now he's scoring goal after goal after goal so much where it's, it's the argument is like whose celebration is where it's pointing to the head, but it's Ruben Neves. It's Ruben Neves' celebration. You I know? think it's Nanto's celebration now. <laughs> We've also got to talk about so United had a couple games against Leeds in the past about week and a bit. First game, huge goal from Wilfred Nanto, Italian wonder kid on the rise. Big goal in the first minute, I think, against United. Did the Rashford celebration, Ruben Neves, whatever you want to call it. United came back to tie that game, and then they ended up beating Leeds 2-0 in the second match. United's making a charge, man. Honestly, start of the year, they were being clowned on a lot. Ronaldo was not playing well. They were just getting embarrassed. Anthony is doing nothing. Jaden Sancho is looking terrible. But the team itself has turned it around. Bruno Fernandes. Honestly, the strength of this team is the midfield right now. Bruno Fernandez balling out. Casemiro suspended right now, but when he was there, balling out. Rashford balling out. Their midfield is looking like it could be one of the best in the Prem right now. I don't know if they stay that way, but they're on a hot streak for sure. I, I hope it doesn't. For for the Prem's sake, if we get United dominating the league again for another <laughs> few years, there'll be a problem. If you know about United fans, then you'll be praying that they do not come back. <laughs> yeah, and Especially we'll see, with man. a potential Qatari Qatar bid. They bid, apparently, really for the club for a buyout. So if they get money, too, then imagine United with... OC men and Rashford. Yeah, well, that's the thing we're talking about in the summer. What if they get? What if they go make a big charge for a guy like OC men? You never know. Um, because if they really, what are they? What are they missing? They don't really have like a promising 
they don't have a top talent striker. Uh, they don't really have like a top tier striker. I don't think their fullbacks are that it still, but uh, yeah, like, if, again... they, if they can improve the back line a little bit, you know, they have like guys like Luke Shaw, they're not terrible. And then they, if they can get a striker better than like Wild Weghorst, however you say his name. Yeah, they're not deep. Get a guy like Oshman, they could start making some noise. It looks like, you know, this year they're kind of in a promising position where they have some hope for the future. They're looking good. They could be contenders in the next couple of years. Uh, we got to talk about Newcastle, a team we've been touting a little bit recently for, you know, their uh, amazing run of keeping clean sheets and just playing really defensively stout uh, football. Best defense in the league. Yeah, they've been on fire. Just clean sheet after clean sheet after clean sheet. They've dropped points now back-to-back to West Ham and Burnmouth, both 1-1 ties. Uh, is it time to worry about Newcastle, Matt? Is they're running as the no? Is Clock Midnight, or are they I don't still think that so. Team? I think that's just uh, a couple of, couple of slips. I mean, title winning teams can't afford to slip up. Newcastle isn't a title winning team, in my opinion. This season, they are a top. If I'm counting Chelsea, which I'm not this season, unfortunately, <laughs> the club yeah, they, they they are a top four team. Newcastle, uh, based on what we've seen this year in the West Ham game, I'd say it's a bit of a different scenario because, like with us this weekend. West Ham went down early after playing really, really bad and then instantly came back. Just they flipped a switch and then they they, they got the goal right back. So I don't think the West Ham game is as much a slip up as uh, as the Bournemouth game. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think that they'll keep this up. I think I think Newcastle are legit. I'm not really? going to lie. I think they'll be, uh, they'll be holding that top four position for the rest of the yeah, season. Yeah, I think it's going to kind of depend on the, their health situation. They got a few injuries right now. I think Callum Wilson's out injured. Almiron picked up a bit of a wrist injury apparently this past week. So... I don't know. We'll see if they can stay healthy. I think they got a good chance. Definitely some signs to keep an eye on. See what's going on with Newcastle. A little bit worrisome right now. I want to give you a chance to so we'll go back to Chelsea. We got to talk about. You were telling me before we started recording mm. about this Mudrick video. We need to hear oh, about. Oh man! Do you think this is causing drama? You in the didn't team? see what the game. Think? I I can't. Mudrick has done this a little bit twice now. I think with the with the at least posting that picture of the Palestinian flag. But I don't want to get into that because that was too political. Now he's there's a video on Shakhtar's social or YouTube that came out of. Mudrik's farewell and I'm not sure if this this video as of when we're recording this was taken that day or earlier on when he left Shakhtar but you could there's a there's the video is of Mudrik and his old left back from Shakhtar talking about Cucurella who by the way you didn't see the game (laughs) cost us the goal and this guy Cucurella I swear to god Mr. Backpass (laughs) <laughs> Mudrik was invisible to to Cucurella, and that's why Mudrik hasn't been able to get going yet. Is because if you don't have that relationship with the fullback that's sitting behind you, then how are you going to be able to go forward? Mm-hmm. We had Nani Madueke and Reese James on the right side, and Reese James, oh man, we missed Reese James. <laughs> Reese James is that guy still, probably our best, in my opinion, our best player on the pitch that game. But like I said. Mudrik was talking to his left back from Shakhtar and his Shakhtar, according to the translations, I don't think there's a lot of people that speak Ukrainian very well, but the, the, his left back said, do you need a new left back now? That's not Kukurella. And, <laughs> and Mudrik kind of like nodded his head and said, yeah, we do. So hopefully this doesn't cause dressing room drama. This is the last thing we need right now, especially with Kukurella. You especially know, fighting to stay in the Prem right now. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> of course we are. But I, I, I mean, this is the last thing we need right now. Potter, it's time for him to fix this situation because what I saw for his response to the to the handball that wasn't given to the rest, <laughs> his response was didn't show me that he cared enough. I'm sorry. So he needs to 
to fix this situation and start giving a giving his all and like caring about the team because we have not we have a 12.5% win percentage in the entire league this season <laughs> and that is horrible. This is not the Chelsea that I grew up watching and I don't want to see this anymore. Start caring, man. Please. Do you think Mudrick end up being kind of a problem off the field? You know, this is like already the second it's or early this though. Is the second or third issue he's already had though off the field and he's been at the team for like two weeks. Uh, I I hope not. After twerking for Arsenal for over a yeah, month. Yeah, I'm I'm I am slightly worried, but at the same time, I feel like once he gets into the team, like this is again, he came in January right to a brand new team. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's relationships that need to be built. I guess, but Still, usually when you get a new player, you kind of want to see, especially a young guy who hasn't really proven himself just yet mm-hmm. and just bought, got bought for a hundred million euros for a guy who's barely played any games. And you want to see that guy come in and just you know keep his head down, work hard, and just try and fit in and prove that he belongs. Kind of what Holland did. Holland wasn't out there, you know, saying Kevin De Bruyne sucks and nah, these guys suck. He went in there, he worked his ass off, and he's been proving it ever since then that he is that guy. Mudrich come in here. He's had an old video surface, you know, where he got suspended from a from a game for the things he, he said in this video. Suspended. It wasn't. Didn't he miss a cut match? No, but but no, he should have. He should have been. In my opinion, normally the FA would suspend somebody yeah, from so something Mudrich like that. came but... in. That was a big head distraction. Even just Shakhtar not cutting that part out of the video. He asked for that part to be cut so out. The thing is, just like you have. So that and even then, that kind of gives you the idea that like maybe he was saying something like that. If he asked for it to be cut out, you have that making more mm-hmm. noise now for no reason. Cucurella is also a really new signing for Chelsea. They just bought him in the summer, started this season. I never rated Cucurella. So by the it's way. just like Mudrich causing problems, whether you rate Cucurella or not. If you're a guy who's been there for two weeks, hasn't gotten any goals, any assists, and your team has not won a single game since you've been there, you can't be making those statements already, Definitely man. Not. You just no, can't be doing No, it's a distraction. That. No, we. This is the last thing we need right now. One hundred percent. I can. I agree with you. And yeah, so I don't know. Mudrich, maybe he, he's very young. He's got maybe a very promising career ahead of him. But you've seen it happen too many times where young guys, you know, they get all that money. You need this guy to just focus, man. Focus on your game. And prove that you belong there, and then you can start he's, doing whatever the hell you want. To be fair, he's working hard. He's putting in work. Like that's that's not a question. Yeah. The, the question the, the question is, is he's you being can't a be causing the problems yeah, in the locker 100%. room already, man. You haven't earned your place to be there. I understand if it's one thing if you're a Thiago Silva, you're an Angolo Conte, you've been there, you've won with Chelsea, and you've proven that you are a voice in that locker room. You can't be making these. You can't be saying these things when you're on camera. Before yeah, you've done anything, I know. Yet. That's uh, you got to be smart. Yeah, you got to be smarter. No, one hundred percent. Last thing we need right now, you got to be like an Enzo Fernandez. Let your your play do the talking. You didn't see it, so you can't <laughs> say anything. But man, what a ball! What a they got to stop scheduling Chelsea games at seven thirty in the morning because I'm not ball, watching man. that. I'm not watching seven thirty in the morning games. It was beautiful, Enzo Fernandez, bro. That's my guy. Unbelievable. <laughs> we needed that. That's what I was telling my friends, man. I don't know Chelsea in the past. You you don't know as much about when we had Fabregas and we were just Fabregas would play a ball that would just unlock a defense man and we've been missing that because we had Mister Sideways past Jorginho for too long and we all of a sudden we get Enzo Fernandez and the balls it just it's vintage man I missed it I'm happy that we got Enzo but hopefully Mudrik uh, smart Enzo yeah I agree definitely mm-hmm. needed well I think it's, I think that's everything from the Prem for this past week so we can move on probably over to Serie A now. We've got to talk about defending champions of Italy, AC Milan. They finally took them on. Finally, yeah. get back in the win column. I guess Milan's had their number all year too. Torino beat them earlier in the season. Beat them in Coppa Italia. Milan finally got the monkey off their back. Olivier Giroud came up with a big goal after having a pretty lackluster first half. Milan was able to come up one nothing. I'm praying to God that this is what they needed, especially this week. They have Champions League coming up now against Tottenham. I'm hoping this is what they needed to, you know, just turn things around. Finally, finally get some form. Get Leao playing better. Tail everybody. Because the whole team's been junk it's recently. A big game. And at least for the good thing is, Milan's missing uh, Magnan for the game against Tottenham. But the Spurs are also missing Hugo Lloris now. So it kind of levels things out a little bit. And as of today, Rodrigo Bentancourt. 
Bentancourt's out as out well. Out of the season. So he tore his ACL. Uh, hopefully, rest up the bank and Torino. Hopefully, he gets better. But that's big for Milan. Big for Milan. So hopefully, they can just figure things out, man. Hopefully, this is what they need. Leal should back. have a good time because Tottenham just signed uh, Pedro Porro, mm-hmm. right? You know, Joao Felix, Felix yeah. his best friend. Yeah, and he had a stinker, <laughs> bro. Four one to Leicester this weekend because Harvey Barnes. Oh on yeah, the left, we did miss that. He game. just yeah, he just kept going Lester down. Clown. Oh first. man, but Pedro Porro defensively horrible. Leal should. I mean, unless that was just a one-outing thing, Leo should have a good weekend. Hope, I mean, good weekend. Isn't week, sorry. Poro Portuguese as well? Spanish. Spanish? Spanish. Okay, okay so then scratch that. Leo, never mind. So, yeah, Milan finally, finally got this win. It was huge, huge victory. Uh, unfortunately, I missed the second half. Had to work. It was nice to pay for the podcast. Um, <laughs> but a uh, huge win for Milan. Other big storylines from Serie A this week. Uh, Roma dropped points to Lecce. We have to give credit to Lecce here. Matt did not get to see nope, much of the no game. Clue. But Lecce has taken much. points off of almost every single of the top seven, like the big seven teams in Italy this year. They've taken points off Napoli. They've taken points off Milan, I believe. Everybody's losing points to Lecce. Like a Brentford. Lecce is champions of Serie B last year. And honestly, really? yeah, Serie oh, B wow. champions last year. And their the relegation battle is going to be tight uh, for, Serie, uh, for Serie A this year. But Lecce is looking really good, man. They're, they're all not that great on the road. They don't score a lot. But at home, they're a fortress right now. And we got to give them credit. Uh, the referee was pretty poor in this game. There could have been a couple of red hand out to Lecce. But you can't use that as an excuse. They played a really good game. we got to give them some props for that. But Spezia versus Empoli. Uh, Empoli has a wonder kid on the on the rise here coming up. Uh, Baldanzi, uh, Italian guy coming up on uh, Empoli's team. This guy is going to be a Teenager. superstar. Yeah, I man. Think, I th- yeah. He's, he's been playing really well. I think he might have got hurt in this game, but he's been playing like a baller. But what happened for anybody who missed this game? So Spezia goes up 2-0, and Empoli's on a red card. Next thing you know, uh, Spezia gets a red card. Empoli comes back, tie it up 2-2. Very dying moments of the game. So we just have to point that out. You know, it's got some nice... Uh, Italy's still the most corrupt league in the world. And we'd love to see it. They, you might have the man... At least they have the, the line. But At least the they line. have the line, man. doesn't take five minutes to draw the line. <laughs> so I want to ask... Because, yeah, so those who don't know... Uh, Serie A, we do have the automatic offside. We have the line that shows. We don't have to pick out our rulers. Would you like to see the EPL implement this? Oh my god! No? After this weekend, it has to. And be. so, why haven't they done this before? Like, it seems like a very easy yeah, fix. I I don't know because uh, like, because what, the are, the, what are the argu- what are the arguments against having nothing? The there line? is zero argument so against it. So there's no point. To no, there is there. no point for them to still be drawing this stupid line <laughs> that takes them five minutes to draw, and then for them to make a mistake like they did this weekend and rule out one goal that should have been a goal, and then take away a goal where the guy was obviously offside in the build-up it's ridiculous man i i this weekend has got me lost it's got me lost i'm i'm so done with var in, in the prem but you, we need that offside system cameron doesn't really like the fact that sometimes you're the the the, sometimes, the, the man, tip of your skull it. can make you offside yeah but... like so me and matt were watching the fiorentina Juventus game before we recorded this for example and fiorentina scored an absolute banger in the last like 10 minutes of the game and it was ruled off because a player who wasn't even who's barely involved in the goal the literal, maybe the Nike logo yeah. on his boot yeah. was offside. <laughs> on, on Not his even heel. his foot. The on Nike logo, the logo on his boot was offside, maybe. So those kind of goals, I don't know. I feel like those are really ticky-tack calls. You hate to see those ones. But I feel like but then when what you do see you do? what happens in the Prem in this past week, um, you kind of just have to take the good with the bad. And I think the automated system is a little bit better. But it is definitely tough. I don't know. Because like, it's the way the rule is, is technically these calls are being called correctly. It's just tough to see such nice goals getting called back because that was a literally some uh, fabric oh man, is offside, not even the player, some piece of fabric. I mean, in the World Cup final, the the, the goal that came from, that, that's iconic, by the way. If you haven't seen that picture <laughs> of the line and the offside call in the World Cup final of Iran's 
Bunda keeping <laughs> this man on side for that goal. That that hang that one in the loop. But I think honestly that we just Prem needs this. It it makes sense to use it. I, I know sometimes it can be a bit harsh, right? I, I like that's a great example, but um that's how the game should be called. It shouldn't be called based on these these referees drawing the line on the wrong player. True, that does or, seem like or, some very you know what I mean? technology. We definitely should be moved past that by now. Like, not only is it just the line, right? Like, if somebody's arm is here, they have to draw the line and then draw a, a perpendicular line to that line. They're, so they're, they're, it's all these lines. And it's just, <laughs> no, man, just put the system it's in. too much going it's on. It's ridiculous. But I think that's pretty much it from the big storylines. Matt, I want to get your opinion before we sign off here. Champions League, oh. finally back this week. Yes. Champions League and Europa League pick back up this week, finally. So, Matt, I want to get your predictions first up for the Champions League. Uh, this week, we have AC Milan and Tottenham on Tuesday, as well as PSG and Bayern. Should be an absolutely crazy game. Even though I believe Mbappe and Messi are both going to get up for this yeah. game. So, that should be a huge advantage Bayern right there. And then we have on Wednesday, I think PSG Chelsea versus Borussia Dortmund and Club Bruges Benfica. So, Matt, what are your thoughts on these games coming up? I think that PSG lost this weekend. I want to double-check because uh, I think they did, and they did not play well. Yep, they lost 3-1 to Monaco. Really? Because they were playing. They they didn't have Messi or uh, Mbappe, and they were playing with uh, 3-5-2 with Neymar up top. I I don't I don't think they were in the game. Probably Neymar dropped inside a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but they played horrible. Uh, I'm I don't think PSG makes it. And that kind of sucks because I really want Messi to win uh, another Champions League, but uh, I think Bayern's gonna kill him, right? They they might. They, like they've been giving him that Now that Bayern has Cancelo and Davies hanging on the on the wings there, I don't know. And Bayern's just defensively, Bayern's a powerhouse right now. And Bayern's always a juggernaut. They're kind of just built to win Champions Leagues. That's pretty what Bayern does. And honestly, especially now with Messi and Mbappe out, that's huge. Yeah, I that is a game changer. Mm-hmm. I think honestly, with that, we go back to the PSG we've seen in the last, you know, four or five years before Mbappe got there, before Messi got there, with it's just Neymar holding it down, and Neymar, you know, is getting older now. I don't think he has what it takes to beat a team like the Bayern by himself. Only saving grace that you could say for PSG is that Champions League final game with with PSG and Bayern. Neymar played the game of his his life. And they still lost. But I feel like um, that's the only chance that they would have is Neymar's got to put up that type of performance again. And then the rest of his team's got to step up. And especially just for their defense. a little context, Bayern has not lost a game since September 17th. They were struggling, though. They, they did They've draw. They've had a they, few yeah. draws, but they have not lost a game no. since December 17th. I mean, I don't I don't see them. How do, they, how do you stop Davies and Cancelo pushing all the way down it's the crazy. way like with with your defense right now I don't think that happens anyways yeah so Bayern I think we're in agreement Bayern Bayern has PSG it's a, that's a lock that's a lock I think it should be yeah but the Tottenham AC Milan one gets a little bit tricky in my opinion I do think and also just just to add one more thing here sorry mm-hmm. hum yeah um since January 1st PSG has lost three games mm-hmm. they've lost three games since January 1st they've only won Three games as yeah, well. Yeah, coming back from the World Cup, they've they have not, not been, been in great no. form. So now is the time for Bayern to strike. This, this game is happening at a perfect time for Bayern. It, it really is, isn't it? But moving on to the next up, we want to talk about the biggest team in the world, Milan taking on Tottenham, smallest club in London besides Chelsea. Um, This game, honestly, it's just a battle of two teams that are just not now, great right now. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. I mean, so here's the way I'm seeing it. Milan's defense from the games that I've seen recently has been very, very bad. They're struggling. They have a lot of injuries right yeah, now. Yeah, but then again, you look at Tottenham and it's the same kind of story where it's its defense isn't really solid. But Antonio Conte knows the Serie A. He knows how they operate. He he owns sorry Antonio Conte owns AC Milan. Let I me, don't let know me about add that. All that. Yeah, <laughs> but, 
But uh, again, defensively, it's kind of hard based on these two teams. If I were to choose, though, I do think that uh, Harry Kane and Hyungmin Son ball out a little bit. I don't think that AC Milan's got the firepower to keep up with Tottenham. So I'm I'm gonna say two one Tottenham. Two one. Really. I think two one Tottenham. I think honestly, this game is gonna come down to whichever backup goaltender can play better. Um, do you know who Tottenham's backup is? Uh, no, I don't. Because I know we've it seen... It used to be Gaz, but we've Gaz We've seen a gone. fair share of what Tatu Roshanu is, and he is trash. Uh, we are not a Tatu Roshanu fan. Um, so on the squad, they have... Who would it be? They have Brandon Austin, Fraser Forster, and Alfie Whiteman. As oh, I got guys. no clue. Oh, no, my God. So Tottenham has a collection of a bunch of nobodies, basically, as their backup goalkeeper. Tatu Roshanu is not that great, but he did have a huge game against Inter. Uh, he gave up one goal, but he made a ton of saves. And he played well against Torino as well, so maybe he's getting a sign of some form, finally. Um, but this game should be good, I think. When the draw first came out, there's definitely better teams Milan could have drawn. But the Spurs are also not the same caliber as a team like PSG, like Man City. So I like AC Milan's chances. I think that... Score prediction. Score prediction. Uh, honestly, I could see this game ending in a draw. I could see it being... I could see it a draw too, yeah. I could see it being a draw. Um, if I had to make a prediction, I, I'm a little biased. But the way that both these teams' defense have been playing, I could see it being maybe a 3-2 mm-hmm. or a 2-2 kind of game. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's any way either team holds a clean sheet in this game. No, I'll be very I, surprised I if you. both teams don't score. Yeah, I think that's a very a really good shout. But yeah, moving on to that. Now the big game of the week. The big <laughs> game of the week. The smallest team in London taking on the second biggest team in Germany. This is a must win. I don't know how many times I got to say that when we play a game, but <laughs> this game here is a must win. We are not making Champions League again. We need to start winning some <laughs> games, man. I personally cannot wait to watch Jude Bellingham absolutely clown this team. I don't know about that one. But uh, the scary thing for me is Dortmund oh has God. scored. Chelsea's form is terrible. Yes, yes. Thank you for Since for January 1st, <laughs> Chelsea has one win <laughs> against Crystal Palace, one nothing. <laughs> Chelsea has scored. Guess what? That Crystal Palace win three too? goals since January first. Three goals. Yeah, we we are bad. We are bad. The it, only goals Chelsea has scored since January first have come against West Ham, relegation squad right now, Fulham, and Nottingham Forest. Yeah, those are the only goals. The only team Chelsea scored goals against since scared, January first. But it's a must win, and I hope to God that something clicks in some of these players' heads that we need to win this game. If Potter starts Cucurella again over Ben Chilwell, Ben Chilwell is healthy now. Ben Chilwell is healthy. There is no reason to start Cucurella over Ben Chilwell this week. But my what I'm worried about is Dortmund. Look at their last few games. And how many goals clear, do you see? Yeah, so Dortmund has not lost a game uh, in 2023. They have yep. won every single game. By how many? Their last games have been 2 nothing win, 2-1 win, 5-1 win, 2 nothing win, 2-1, and 4-3. They, so they can, are firing. They, they, they are firing, and I am worried. This is not a team that we want to come up against right now. To be fair, we can hold clean sheets. It's, it's evident in our last few games, but then again, we haven't played any really, really strong teams, so I am scared. I am scared, but it, I hope... Again, must win. Something's got to click. Potter, make it happen, please. Score prediction for the game. Where is it? It's is it is in London. This game it's in Dortmund. Is it's in, in Dortmund. Dor- Dortmund is the home it's team. It's in Dortmund. Oh no! Dortmund three sh- one. Oh, we're playing in Dortmund. Oh, Dortmund three one. Jude Bellingham, Jude Bellingham brace. Dortmund. Dortmund three one. I am happy with a 1-1 draw. <laughs> I pray it's so a draw. I want to ask you then, would you rather, because, you know, like, we just, like we've seen this past uh, transfer window, Chelsea has signed a bunch of players, but most of them are very, very young. Do you want to see Chelsea throw these young guys in the fire in a huge Champions League game on the road, or do you want to see Chelsea maybe sacrifice a bit of quality for a more veteran we team? We are going to be... St- I can almost guarantee it. 
as much as I hate it, Kai Havertz will start this game and he will be up top because I, I see a few things because it's in Germany. So I feel like Potter's going to be like, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> Again, we it's him or David Dachrodefana and David Dachrodefana is not getting his first start in this game. I'm sorry. Oh, he's left out of the squad. He can't even play. Oh, it's, oh no. Okay. So we're <laughs> stuck with Kai Havertz. Sorry. Let me rephrase that. We're stuck with Kai Havertz playing striker. Raheem Sterling apparently got knocked, so we didn't play that last game. I don't think he plays this game either, unless that's a big blow fit. for Chelsea if he doesn't play. No, no, I think we're okay. I I do think we're okay without Raheem yeah, Sterling. I prefer ex- Raheem Sterling. That's a Sterling. lot of experience you're sacrificing. Yes, a lot of goals. I agree, but I think we're okay without Raheem Sterling. Jao Felix will start. Enzo will start. But the big thing is we need we need Chilwell. I don't care what what the play is here. Chilwell needs to start. It'll be we don't have Badia Shield. So Koulibaly and Thiago Silva will play as well. So we're going to be pretty old in the back and mm-hmm. slow. But then again, I don't think Dortmund's that fast going forward. They just have really good quality this year. And um, other than that, I we're going to be a, a mix of young and old. There won't be a whole lot of middle. There won't be a whole lot of middle ground. I'm not sure. I think this is the first time we're also probably going to see maybe Kova and Enzo play together, which will be interesting because um, they're very similar. And uh, Enzo Enzo can do a whole lot of nothing. everything. A whole lot of no, no, you haven't seen him play, brother. Nobody you have not to, seen him play. You have to, to you, you have to get up at seven thirty and then see see what happens. One hundred twenty million dollar player off a good six months. But Reese James, what a game he had! I got hope that we draw this game, <laughs> but it's it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of blind faith. I'm not gonna lie. So score prediction one one. Hopefully one one and, draw. Uh, I I do. I'd like to answer your question again. It's gonna be a mix of experienced and young. There's not a whole lot of. Uh, choice unfortunately that we have this is true chelsea's kind of in a bind with a lot of injuries and stuff like that then the next game the last game of the week for champions league is club bruges versus benfica kind of a battle of two teams who you wouldn't exactly think of as you know legitimate contenders in the champions league but benfica has a sneaky good team uh club bruges has a good really good couple you know young prospects who could be on the move in the next couple years they've got kyle laren as well so we're always rooting for them you know canadian buchanan, uh, canadian superstar. buchanan as well that's right made him move over to club bruges recently um so this should honestly be a good game I think it could be a sneaky good one. Most people are going to be probably watching Borussia Dortmund and Chelsea at this time instead. But it could be a really good game. I think, honestly, it ends with uh, my prediction would be a Benfica 2-1 win. But I can see this game going either way. It could be a, a draw. It could be a close game. How is Benfica's record since they lost Enzo? Um, I don't think see. it's bad. But I just wanted to double check because... Um... They do not have Benfica's league schedule on the score. Okay, you got you to gotta get foot mob. You got to get foot mob. <laughs> okay, hold on. I'll check. They're still firing. Okay, so Benfica is still firing. Um, they do have a solid. They still have a pretty good solid team over there, though. They do. They, no, don't get me wrong. Ramos, they got a lot yeah, of good don't, players. Don't get me wrong. Benfica was a great team. Benzo helped them them kick like them. Hot take: yeah. Benfica could be the Ajax of a few years ago that took out Juventus. I could see Benfica taking oh, out really? one of the big teams. You think they're going on that big of a run? I don't know if they go that far. They're gonna have to find a plumber team like Juventus who chokes every single Champions League and makes me lose money betting them every single year because I'm an idiot. Silly. But Silly guy. I don't know if they go as as far, but I could see them upsetting one of the big teams. Maybe not a team like Bayern or Real Madrid, but maybe a team if someone gets through like a city or something like that, they could pull off the upset. Hot I, take. I know, fair shout, honestly. But yeah, like like you said, Benfica does win this game. I think they shut out Bruges, though. I think it's you think two, so? two no. Yeah. Two no? Fair two enough. No. And then we also have Europa League going on Thursday. There is not there's not really any huge matchups just yet. You know, there's a lot of teams in there isn't still. Is it this weekend? This this, this Thursday, week. yeah. No, yeah. I think no, I think the big game's this week, isn't it? Not? Let me check. Hold on. I the think okay, project. I think you're missing it. Hold on. Oh, Barcelona United, you're yep. right. Yeah, that's a game right. we have to talk about then and then we'll okay. end it there. Okay. Cool. And All then right. so also this week the Europa League goes on Thursday, picked back up as well. 
Uh, we should hopefully get an episode out later this week talking about Europe. We'll see how the week goes. But the biggest game of the Europa League, probably the entire tournament, is going to be this week. Barcelona versus United. Two of the hottest teams right on now. On Thursday. They're both firing. United is going to be hot in this game. The game is in Barcelona. So that should be a, maybe a deciding factor. We'll see. But where do you think this game goes, Mac? Barca's defense, surprisingly made up of two of our last season's players, is hasn't conceded a goal from open play yet apparently this season. Really? So, yeah. So they are the best defense in that league. I'm not sure if that translates against a high-firing United, though. Barca has also won every single game they've played exactly. uh, this year so yeah, far. Yeah, Barca is Barca's firing, man. Barca is good. They beat Sevilla 3-0 already, uh, recently. They've just been on fire. I don't think United's they've given up defense... One, they've given up one yeah. goal since January 8th. Yeah, they're, they're, I think Barca's defense is the difference maker here. I don't think United's defense can keep up and stop Lewandowski, Usman Dembele. I, I, Usman Dembele might be hurt. Rafinha... And uh, Fatih or Gavi or Pedri, man, I don't think that uh, United's got that uh, that quality as good as they've been this year. I don't think they're that. It might be too they're big. No, they're not a Barca. Too big of an occasion yeah, for them. Eh? Yeah, I think this is a Barca win. I think. Yeah, this the is only a, games a that Barca has lost the entire year have come to Bayern, Real Madrid, and Inter Milan. That's yeah. the only games Bar- uh, Barca's lost all year. But I don't think they're scoring that many goals. I think this is a one nil. One nil draw. One nil draw. One nil yeah. result for Barca. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't know. This game could be tough. I could see. Uh, maybe I don't know the way we saw Inter play against uh, Barca in the Champions League. They are beatable. It's tough, but it's possible. Um, I don't think that United will have the quality to do this. They played a lot of games recently. Too. They might be a little bit fatigued going into this mm-hmm. game, and the occasion might be too big at them, uh, too big for them at the Camp Nou. So we'll see. Um, I say that it ends with a Barca two-one victory. I think that someone like Rashford or Bruno Fernandes will find a way to tap one in. Maybe Casemiro, you know, going against his old rivalry. We'll oh, see what happens. That's a could good, be a big game. It could there. be Casemiro yeah, against his old rival that, squad. So it could be something like that happens. But I think Barca comes away with a victory still. But I wouldn't be shocked if United can pull off a tie in this game somehow. Casemiro loves a good game against Barcelona. Exactly. Casemiro's a big game player, so it's definitely possible. But I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. That's the major storylines we've seen so far. Probably going to try. We're going to try our best. To get an episode out to talk about Europe as well later in the week. Uh, we'll see how the week goes, though. You know, you never know. Life happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll do our best. We hope you guys are enjoying. Uh, and please stay tuned going forward for all the content we have coming for you. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, 613 Sports, for all the news and updates you want in the soccer world. And that's going to do it for this week. Uh, I'm signing off. I'm your boy, Cameron. I'm Matt. Peace. And uh, we'll see you soon.